This is the Scamp Life Podcast, a weekly show for summer camp professionals. Hosted by Kurt Jackson, Chris Callow, and Kelly Cook. Now it's time for another entertaining episode exploring the fantastical world of summer camp. Hey, welcome everyone. Uh, we are excited this episode to talk to Chanel from Whipperwill. Is that how, is that how you say it? You got it. You okay. got it, Kurt. Yeah. Whipperwill Farm Day Camp. That's right. Nice. Nice. Well, welcome. Um, tell us about yourself and about camp. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be part of it. So we are Whipperwill Farm Day Camp. We're just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and this summer will be our 49th summer in operation. We are a private for-profit independent camp. So our story is, you know, a school teacher from Metro Nashville had always been a camper, a Girl Scout her whole life and had this beautiful piece of property and wanted to bring more kids to camp. And so she started this on her summers off from teaching. And uh, and here we are almost 50 years later oh, with wow. a really cool legacy and, and all of that here. So we sit on 50 acres in Williamson County and we're a traditional day camp with a big emphasis on outdoors and nature. Um, we have no indoor facilities or gyms or anything like that. So the kids are out in the summer Tennessee heat and with all the elements, good and bad, uh, all summer long. <laughs> and so farm, you have farm animals and that type of thing? We do. I mean, if I'm being honest, let's use the <laughs> word farm a little loosely here. Uh, so we, we do have uh, chickens and rabbits and pigs and goats. And we've had horse uh, horse program in the past, but we don't we don't have that program currently. Uh, so, but the kids get to interact with the animals and learn how to feed them and care for them and just pet them. Our goats are actually yoga goats. Uh, we oh, <laughs> we wow. rent them from a local <laughs> yoga goat place. Yeah. So the kids get to, you know, sit on their hands and knees and the goats will jump on their bags, backs and all that kind of That's stuff. That's amazing. Um, I want to bring yeah, that it's here. A, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. We certainly do not raise them. Like I said, we, we found, we've partnered with a local goat yoga, you know, place and they bring them out here. So the goats get to go to camp for the summer also, <laughs> which is um, kind of fun for the kids as well. That's yeah. awesome. How many kids do you have per week on normally? So, yeah, exactly. Right. It's a pre-COVID, post-COVID type life. Um, so generally speaking, we do 240 a week um, for nine weeks. And we had been running at about 1600 kids for the summer up wow, until okay. COVID. Okay. And then last summer we were able to run mm -hmm. um, successfully for six weeks and we were averaging about 175 to 200 a wow. week. That's and um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we were, we were happy and very proud of that. And so we, we saw about 800 campers last summer in those six weeks. Awesome. Um, so <laughs> hiring, I know a lot of camp directors right now are, are struggling to find staff, including myself. Um, so what yeah. kind of have you learned from last year's hiring to this year's hiring and the differences in that aspect with trying to recruit staff? Yeah, so last year we were 
still hiring up until basically the week before staff training, because we didn't even know if we were going to actually be able to run until Mm -hmm. almost the week before staff training. So normally we really do big pushes for train for hiring in January and February. And I can usually get the bulk of my staff hired by early April. And last year we really kind of froze and slowed that down come March and April, because again, we weren't sure what we were going to do. Then once we realized we could run, so many other things were closed, we actually were able to find staff because kids that, you know, teens and college kids that were home and realized, oh, I could have a job and I could get out of the house and (laughs) I can do this safely. They were all about it. Um, And then we were really lucky. We just had, you know, last year's staff will forever have a special place in my heart as just truly the most phenomenal staff ever because we ask them to do way more than you normally ask them. And we all know how hard a summer is anyways. And then to put a pandemic on top of that and to ask them to not socialize, you know, as day camp to not go out and to not socialize and to just stay within our groups and that sort of thing. And they all did it without a blink of an eye. And we're just like, yeah, sure. And we have 60% coming back this summer, which was huge and made a huge difference in a jumpstart on hiring this summer. And it's been so special to hear them say during, we do rehire interviews for returning staff. And almost all of them said that it was uh, the best summer and they felt so safe and they just appreciated how much we did for them and that they could get out of the house. And of course they would come back this summer and, you know, all of us. And it just showed us that whatever we did differently with them last year paid off for this year. Um, and they're telling their friends. And so we're not fully staffed yet, but we're feeling really good for early April of being able to have that staff part kind of wrapped up here, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. In Tennessee, are there what what are the guidelines as far as three feet, six feet, mass, no mass? So we're we're in phase three in our reopening plan, which you know is the last phase before you're just sort of wide open. And um, there's not a mask mandate um, in the state. Um, big counties kind of waffle back and forth a little bit, so we tend to follow what the schools are doing and what our counties are doing. Um, They're still encouraging social distancing, you know, six feet and and, um, Tennessee is encouraging for day camps that it's small groups, but they're referencing the American Camp Association guidelines. So, you know, we're still trying to stick with what's safest and what ACA recommends and following the CDC. We don't listen too much to what our governor actually has to say um, because we (laughs) feel like we should be a little stricter than that. So (laughs) we're, uh, we're keeping it a little stricter. So these are just recommendations, which is different from Illinois where they have five stages and they're like, you have to follow this if you want to stay open kind of thing. And these restrictions. Yeah. So even last summer, Uh, there were very few guidelines for us to have to follow. We kept asking for guidelines and they kept, you know, "Eh, I don't know. And so we were like, (laughs) okay, well, we want to be careful. So we'll make up our own and go as strict as possible. And we felt like the second summer is just as important, if not more important Mm -hmm. to still be able to say we're COVID free after a successful summer. You know, it's one thing to do it last year. I think some families would have, you know, almost expected that there might be cases and like, I don't know. And now, I mean, maybe the expectation is that there could still be cases, but it's like, we're not going to 
Yeah, you don't this want to be that This is not 2019 camp. yet. Right, exactly. We we don't want that reputation this year when we so successfully were able to do it last year. <laughs> so we're we're not loosening up too too much. Again, it's that trying to figure out what the balance is. Uh, we have really supportive parents, but we are getting some you know more families that are starting to be like, yeah, but do we really need Push to back, like wear yeah, masks yeah. and why you know? And we didn't have we had so much grace and understanding last summer and. They're, you know, they're doing okay this summer, but they're, they're patience, everyone, you know, we've all lost a lot of patience and we're over it. Right. And we can feel that a little bit from our parents. So are you thinking about this year? Are you going to do masks or no masks? So we provide transportation. So we will have masks on the buses and that is still, uh, ironically enough, is a guideline that Tennessee does have in place is that masks are on buses. So we will have assigned seating on buses. The campers will be screened before they get on the bus and they will wear masks while on the bus and not quite spread out because we can't cut our bus transportation down that small, but um, they will, you know, kind of it'll be two to a seat and siblings will sit together, backpacks in between them, windows down, that sort of thing. As for camp itself, because we are completely outdoors, we have nothing inside here. We don't do masks, do not require them for the day-to-day because we did the small groups. So once kids were in their small groups, we considered that their household. And they, once they were in those groups, they did not have interaction with other kids. And so that was their group. And we knew that they were just kind of one unit. And are they staying in those groups? They are. What we're going to do this summer or what we're looking, you know, it's one of those things that's like, okay, this is what we're planning if camp started tomorrow, but who knows how much will change, you know, next week or in another month still, but we're actually going to move our counselors around. So the kids will stay together, but they will get the opportunity with counselors to not be stuck with the same people and get the chance to do different activities because of their different counselors. And then in that sense, our counselors will be masked because they will be with different kids continuously. So that's how we're going to flip it this year, or at least that's how we think we're going to flip it right now. And the group sizes are about 10. Is that? Yeah. So it'll still be, yeah, nine kids with one or two counselors. So nothing more than 12, but the goal is 10 to 11, including (laughs) staff. So here in Illinois, as strict as they are, the cohort size now is 30. And so I'm like, oh well, goodness, that yeah. makes a little hard to trace. And, and if you're like, okay, well, yeah. somebody got it. 30 kids are gone home now <laughs> instead of exactly. 10. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause we had a lot of families ask us, oh, so will you go back to where the kids are going? Where? So I, I should back up and say the philosophy of our camp and the way we run our program is we are completely free choice. Um, hmm. And that's probably a whole nother podcast topic for you <laughs> right. all or for us as well. <laughs> But the the kids get to pick and choose their own activities all day long. So they're constantly with different kids. They're constantly with different counselors. Uh, You know, we have an organized system. So we know that all children are accounted for, but it's a very chaotic, like they're in different places all the time. And that was the biggest gut moment last summer was for 50, almost 50 years, we've been running this free choice program where the kids get to go do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And now we're telling them they have to stay in these small groups 
and they're being assigned a schedule. Now, I know mm-hmm. lots of other camps do that type of scheduling, but that's not what our families are used to. It's not even what I, I've never played in the program where I had to assign scheduling before. It was, you know, this very free-for-all um, environment. So we had a lot of pushback from families about that, where they're like, well, my kid wants, you know, my kid didn't get to do what they wanted to do last summer because they got assigned all these activities instead of getting to pick and choose. Yeah. So that's the balance this year that we're trying to figure out. Well, we want those small groups because like you said, Kurt, you know, if you take 30 and one person gets sick, then you're getting rid of all 30 of those kids and it makes that contact tracing way harder so it's keeping the small groups the same which is why we're going to try to move the counselors around a little bit so that there's a little bit of freedom and they're feeling like they're getting to be with different people um getting different favorite counselors you know that sort of thing um but still being able to say oh well the counselor was masked and was social distancing and so it's one person in this group that contact trace we don't have to cancel another group as well see that's hard for like uh staff like me because they'll all want me in their group and then if i'm switching (laughs) from group to group they'll be like no kurt come back and uh well uh camp is so hard sometimes (laughs) (laughs) so so last year uh, the camp i was at we ran as well and everything was cleaning cleaning tables, cleaning doorknobs, cleaning light switches. You almost had to have an additional staff just to clean. What are you guys doing this year for, for cleaning either surfaces, equipment, just things in general? Yeah, it, it, it did. It took an extra staff or two to stay on a schedule. We tried to, you know, come up with uh, little like sign-in sheets like you see in like target bathrooms right you know to be like oh was this cleaned in the last hour and right. was this wiped down and you know that sort of thing um so for our bathrooms we'll we'll still be doing that kind of hourly cleaning because that is one area where obviously a kid from one group can go to the bathroom at the same time as a kid from another I mean we talk about social distancing but you might have two different kids in there so that will still be cleaning every hour. But in terms of equipment and that sort of thing, um, our ca- our staff would have carried around like their own little mini um, uh, bag of sandy wipes. And so they would wipe mm-hmm. down the ball after they left and that sort of thing. So we're still going to be doing that. We're not, we're, we're going to take the pressure off of us a little bit in terms of, oh my gosh, if this isn't done every single hour, but we are still planning on, you know, cleaning it and wiping things down Uh, again because we're completely outside the kids eat in these small groups of benches so we don't have tables that we have to wipe off or anything like that Uh, we're not worrying about you know the railing surfaces on our wood bridge as much as we did last year because we do feel like we know that that's not such a surface thing that we'd have to worry about this year and and that sort of thing but all of our camper all of our staff carried around hand sanitizer we installed extra hand washing stations and all of that is still you know going to be applied because we do know it worked last year and so we don't want to again loosen up too much and then someone gets sick and then we're like well of course they did because we didn't do everything we tried so hard last year to do were you just totally stressed out last year i mean was it just a a hard summer for you yeah that's what that's what i've heard from from directors who ran they're just like 
Oh, it about broke me. Um, there, there were multiple days leading up to the summer with just lots of tears and yeah, just, you know, yeah. going completely black back and forth from I can't do this to we have to do this to kids need it more than ever to no, they don't. <laughs> and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, camp started and like all of us, you just you get into it and you just you go through the motions, but it would be mm-hmm. almost like every Friday it would be this. Uh, and then I have to do this again on Monday. And is someone going to call me from last week's session to tell me that now they're sick and you know, all that, that kind of thing as well. But I just remember the, the, the last day of camp, the last bus left, the last in-person pickup kid left with their parent and my right hand was next to me and we both just looked at each other and we didn't care and we gave each other a big hug (laughs) and we just both started sobbing because we survived the summer and it was this huge like it's over sort of you're still thinking about like in 14 days it's really yeah exactly (laughs) we we hope we don't hear anything back yeah well we popped the champagne in the 14 days but we went ahead and hugged at the (laughs) end of that first day there but yeah Um, Yeah, it was, it was, we didn't make the announcement to our family. Like we did a big, you know, social media, we made it through the summer. We didn't do that until the end of the 14 days, you know, because we wanted to be able to truly say like, we, we made it through and we, you know, no one can trace anything back to us and we (laughs) kids were safe and healthy and we actually had less, you know, health clinic visits than we normally do and all of that. So um, and so yeah. you, you have, you bus kids in, but do you have also, can parents bring their kids to camp? Do you have a check-in, check-out? Yeah. So of- pre-camp, we usually only averaged about four or five kids that would get dropped off in person because we're oh, so wow. far removed from the city. And most gotcha. of our kids are coming to us from Nashville and the surrounding suburbs. And we're just sort of out in the middle of nowhere country out here. So we really only get a handful of kids that get dropped off. Last year, we actually asked parents, if you have the ability, if you've got the flexibility, if you can make that 45 minute drive, which right. is not what anybody really wants to do. Yeah. We wanted less kids on the bus. So we were really encouraging parents to drive their kids so that we could have less capacity on the bus and we could kind of monitor that differently. So then we had to create a whole drop-off procedure because we're also down a one-lane road and we needed them to be here before the buses were here and all this kind of stuff. So that was a whole nother, you know, element that we had to create um, and then, you know, pick up. But we ended up usually averaging about 30 kids a week that were getting dropped off here. And again, normally we would have two to five. So that was a big jump for us. And parents just stayed in the car? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We did like a little car line in our one lane loop that we had. And uh, they, yeah, they stayed in the car. They hollered the name and they, we brought <laughs> the kid to them. We said goodbye and they, you know, went out the, the road kind of thing. Um, so we'll do that again this year, though I will suspect, you know, we don't have to be as tight on the bus or we can be a little bit more on the buses than we were last summer. So, um, and again, it really is inconvenient for families to drive them out here and more people are back to work now than they were last year and they were home anyways. So I suspect we'll go down to probably only 10 or 15 kids that are getting dropped. Yeah. It's one thing for overnight camp, driving the 45 minutes, you drop off. And then at the end of the week doing that, but every day, twice a day, Yeah, twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot for our families. And so we were, we, you know, we threw in a little extra swag for those car rider families because we very much appreciated them 
you know, doing that favor for us really, because it, it made the kids on the bus safer. Um, and it kept, right. and you know, there were actually quite a few parents that weren't comfortable with the bus anyways. And so they mm-hmm. were grateful for that opportunity. And we tried to make it as easy for them as possible. So what did, what did your check-in to you? I know you mentioned the loop of cars, you know, for, for yeah. at camp. Um, what does your, your check-in process look like with the buses? Yeah. So that will be one thing that we learned worked so much better than how we used to do it. Like the way we did it last year that we will keep even well beyond COVID. Um, so we have five different routes, bus routes. So we don't do door to door, but we have different stops at churches, parks, schools. We use those parking lots. The schools would not let us use those parking lots last year because they were all closed and not yeah. letting other people in. So we, we had a little bit of scramble to find some new locations for us, for our buses. The, so the bus is there in the parking lot and we asked the parents to just find a parking spot because most of them are in parking lots. There's a couple spots where they need to kind of create their own car line. So we would have a staff there ahead of time to kind of set the pace and the tone of what that car line would look like. And then everyone remained in their car. And we have staff that ride the bus out. It's one of the perks we think for our staff. They can save the gas money and don't have to drive to camp anyway. So they ride the bus with the kids. So they all meet at various bus stops as well. They leave their cars all day, hop on the bus, ride out to car and go back, you know, ride out to camp and go back. So when the camper got there, there's a lead bus counselor that has the clipboard and is in charge of kind of, you know, rules and checking in and all that. Went to car by car, screened the kid there with the temperature, the health screening questions that we had, made sure that they had a mask. We provided them if they didn't have them last summer. This summer, they are in charge of their own masks now that we're all pros at that. And then once they were screened there, then another counselor would walk that child to the bus, you know, through the parking lot. And they would get on the bus and have an assigned seat on the bus. So the parents never got out of the car. It wasn't more than just a window down. And mm-hmm. the kid went straight from the car to the bus. Before they got on the bus, they got some hand sanitizer and then sat down in their assigned seats. And we nice. ended up doing um, name cards in the windows. We just cut up a bunch of poster board all summer and scribbled it on with a permanent, you know, Sharpie. And we had the parents stick that in their window so that we could see, you know, the counselor could walk over and go ahead and get a jump start on whose name that was in that car. Yeah. And this year we're going a little classier. We actually bought the car window tags that you can hang from your mirror. And so every parent will get one of those this year and we'll keep that in their car so that we can see who we're getting before we even get up there where did you find those car we do we do very similar we have a very similar setup to you guys here at pine ridge and so yeah i'm like oh taking all the notes because this will help yeah yeah so So where did you so just amazon (laughs) yeah just amazon for those car hanging window things and they were pretty cheap it was like 50 bucks for like 300 of them or something like that so i mean we'll just do that all summer (laughs) yeah so we're trying to decide if we should laminate them or just give them paper, you know, so that they might be sturdy because we get quite a few kids that come for multiple weeks during the summer. But, you know, that'll probably be something we'll decide if it's worth the lamination. And they can be dazzle it and make it their yeah. own. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll start giving out extra like stickers. and Yeah, stuff so there you go. Them. Yeah. <laughs> is, is there anything? So you, you're like, oh, we learned a new way to do this and we're going to keep it. Is there anything else that you learned that you're going to like, we're going to change to this we like how we did it 
Um, well, you know, the staff having more, uh, not stuff, but we gave all the staff a fanny pack this year. And in the fanny pack, they had their little mini hand sanitizer and they had their little bag of sandy wipes and they had a little first aid kit. We tried to give them more that they could keep on them so that they would have to go to the communal stuff less. Mm -hmm. and the staff loved it and who doesn't love a bright neon fanny pack these days I mean super popular and like cool among the staff and so that's something now and then it became kind of almost a staff gift because you know we we did a little logo on it and all that kind of stuff and we gave out you know lapel pins during staff training as extra sweat you know all that kind of you know you make it fun because we needed them to wear them so we're like do whatever you want with it hang your friendship bracelets from it you know that sort of thing and um so we'll definitely be doing fanny packs again this year and the little sanitizer bottles and all that kind of stuff because it just saved extra trips to the nurse that weren't necessary it saved extra trips to the communal first aid kits that we have around camp anyways Mm, they weren't all sharing the same sani wipes because they had their own and then our nurse would actually go around once a week and with the big gallon of hand sanitizer, because, you know, that's how we all did it. The distillery, the stuff that smells real good. Uh, and she would go around with that in a funnel and would at lunchtime, anyone need to fill up in their hand sanitizer bottle and she would fill it up and anyone needs sandy wipes and they would fill their bag up. And, you know, it just kind of became this. So we'll we'll be doing that, you know, the hand sanitizer. Ugh. What, let's always use that. I mean, why not, <laughs> right? You know, just, right? Especially with them being outside anyways. I feel like after last year, it's like, oh, we did a horrible job of making kids wash their hands until last year. So we'll try to stay clean there. That's funny. Do you have any yeah. parents come to you about like allergies to hand sanitizer? And what did you do about that? You know what? We didn't. Okay. So I don't, I don't have anything for that. We, we actually did not have that. So we serve a, a, a typical population here, uh, but you know, allergies are every year. I feel like we get more and more kids with just various different allergies and stuff, but we had a lot of campers that chose not to come last year because of the asthma or because of the severe allergy to something or other. And I don't know if that played into the fact that we really didn't get anyone with um, the hand sanitizer. We had a few kids that, you know, parents called and said they, they have really bad eczema, you know, that can they wash their hands less or that sort of thing. And we were like, no, but you can carry your own lotion around if like you need that kind of thing, or you can come to the nurse to get something to, if you're starting to break out in a rash or anything like that. But there, it wasn't, it didn't become an issue at all. Something that we had to think about or anything. Uh, did you do anything special for meal time? Yeah, they bring their own lunch. So that was easy and totally. could stay the same for us. Yeah, we provide an afternoon snack, but they're all prepackaged snacks. So again, we could still do that. And those are all allergy friendly. And so we didn't have to change that at all. Right. Our small groups, we call them dens and mm-hmm. we called them that long before, you know, COVID. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of already had little small groups anyways, right? So it's equivalent to what a cabin would be. And they have four benches that we put together in a square and that's their den for the week. And so we did double our den boards. So not the actual kids. So it was still only, you know, eight or nine kids in a den, but instead of four boards, they were sitting on six to eight boards so that they could spread out more even in their den. So even though they were with that group and we were considering that a household, we still didn't want them sitting on top of each other. 
so we, we spread those out and that's where they eat lunch and, and snacks and that sort of thing. So that gave us a little bit more flexibility and helped with allergies as well, because they were spread out even more than they would normally be. Cool. Um, and we haven't talked about whether we're gonna, we have all those boards from last year. So I assume we'll still make them big this year just to be safe. Uh, but you know, lumber is expensive and (laughs) buying, you know, restock that was an added, you know, that was an added expense for us last year was doubling our boards, um, for, you know, 200 kids and that sort of thing. But, but we store them all year, so we shouldn't have to replace too many of them. So I'm sure we will make them double again. Um, what about games and activities? Like, so did you do a lot of socially distance activities and games or, or did you just come up with stuff? brand new uh no i mean i was on every other webinar everyone else was on last spring and signing up for all the different uh newsletters and stuff to figure out how to do things socially distanced and safe and and that sort of thing we were able to pretty much keep all of our activities and our program areas the same they were there were a couple of things. Our craft area is a really enclosed area. So we had to adjust that so we could kind of spread out better. And then we do have a small little um, screened in porch that's an indoor kitchen and we do kitchen cooking with the kids. And we didn't do that at all last year. We didn't want the food. We didn't want the enclosed space or anything like that. But those were really the only activities that we had to either just straight up cancel or adjust how we ran them in terms of what our normal programming was. And since our campers, again, got to just stay in those small groups and we just kind of trusted those small groups and they cleaned within those small groups and that sort of thing, you know, they still got to do most all the stuff. You know, we have Gaga Ball and those kinds of field recess type activities. We weren't pairing groups up normally, you know, you would have like two or three groups get to go to Gaga because Gaga is way more fun with 15 than six kids, but we weren't doing that last year. So there were just, we still played Gaga. It was just, oh, it's Gaga with eight kids instead. And, you know, and, and kind of made that work. So, but we, we did the pool, we had pool noodles, we had hula hoops. We, you know, did different things using those kinds of resources to help spread out and um, we, you know, didn't have camp singing, you know, we adjusted that completely. And so we didn't, we didn't do that at all. And so this year we will still keep the recess field game type things. We will still keep that in small groups when adjust those with, you know, pool noodle tag and various things like that, instead of letting multiple groups come together. You, do, you don't have a pool or any kind of aquatic type of thing we do so we have a pool and then we have um a a pond for swimming a lake a pond for swimming and then another um pond for kayaking um and so kids still got to do those activities but again we just readjusted our schedule so that they were just there with one group or our pond was large enough, we split that, like we literally put rope and buoys out and divided our pond into four quadrants. And so you could have a group in each quadrant so that we could still send four groups to the pond, but they had their own space and they had to stay in that space. And we'll still do that again this year as well. Cool. Kelly, do you have any other questions? I think that's it. I I have many, many notes. I saw you taking notes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We so tomorrow is our big planning day uh, with our team. Oh, yeah. We're making some big decisions and how we want to do things since yeah. our team is all new. And 
Yep, I'm going to use it all. <laughs> I may yeah, send you an course. email too as well, Chanel. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Kelly. Ha- happy, happy to do that. Yeah, I think, you know, um, I think the big difference for this year and last year is we it felt like there was so much unknown last year, right? We were just all making it up and we were waiting to the last minute to make things up. And then this year it's like, well, we know stuff but it changes so quickly still. We're still, how much of this can, you know, by the time July rolls around, could we, in theory, we be back to a 2019 type model and can we adjust midsummer or should we just not and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I feel like some of the planning has been almost as challenging this year as it was last year because it's changing so quickly. Mm -hmm. But there is kind of a, a sense of confidence that we here at least have more of than we felt last year. Um, and I hope that that's not naive or that we're going into it blind or too comfortable or anything like that. Uh, but we just, we, we felt, you know, we, we made it last summer and we feel like, well, we can do it this summer, but it doesn't mean we can all relax yet. You know, mm-hmm. we still have to do our due diligence and our staff still have to take it seriously and, and all of that. We'll see how it goes. We, we will, we are increasing our numbers a little bit this year. And then we're running the nine weeks versus the six weeks. So it will be a longer summer. And I certainly know how we felt at the end of six weeks last year. So I'm hoping that we can all pull our way through and crawl to the finish line of nine weeks this summer, um, like we would normally do. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Chanel, for taking the time to give us your experience and and what you did last year and how it worked out for you and what you're going to use this year. Is uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way? Uh, yeah, so they can just email is the best, and that's uh, Chanel S H A N E L L E at whipperwill.com. And uh, they can just email me. I'm happy to chat with anyone if they've got questions and happy to get more ideas on how things work as well. Because right? <laughs> we're still trying, you know, we're all still trying to figure this out together. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Kelly, what is the Bury the One campaign all about? Yes, so we are still trying to bury the one. So that one star review from so long ago now, we are still (laughs) trying to get rid of it. So please go on to Apple Podcasts and rate us a five. Tell us how much... You do not like Chris, which is fine. He's not here today. Um, And uh, let's get rid of that one-star review. It helps us be seen a little bit more um, if we have a higher review. Very good. Thanks again, Chanel. And from around the campfire, this has been Kelly and Kurt. See ya. See ya.